0: Unification, Haklim We have a sugya that's a piece of Gemara that starts on Hav Gimel Bet in the middle and flows on to And it's built on a statement in the Mishnah, once again, talking about the differences between Truma and Kodesh, that there are certain things for which... Um, the the laws of of tuma and Tara are more stringent when it comes to items of uh, particular items of food that are going to be used in the beis hamikdash on the mizbeach, as opposed to the tuma and Tara that is that is uh, that governs the use of truma. That food which has been set aside as truma and can mm-hmm. be eaten only by the kohen and has to be handled by Tara, Truma can can become Tame and then it's a problem. But the uh, the the halachot that govern the tahara of truma are less severe than the halachot that govern the tahara of kodesh, so that um, you can have something which is, uh, which is okay for, for truma, but wouldn't be okay for kodesh, even though it's the same, the same item. And one of them is that, <laughs> the, kodesh, truma, the Mishnah said that a, the kli, the container that holds the food, joins the food together, to, to for, for matters of Kedusha, of Kodesh, but not for matters of, of Truman. What does that actually mean? If you look at the Rambam a little bit further further down, the Rambam describes the, the halakh, as I've said to you, it's a, one of the way, things that, that one can use the Rambam for uh, is just to clarify what, when you're in an unfamiliar area, the Rambam may, makes it much easier to understand what's going on. says the Rambam, Nigmar <laughs> Hakli, once a kli, one of the Kalim of the base Hamikdash, has been completely manufactured, it connects together everything that's inside it for the purposes of Kodesh but not Truma, for example. A kli that is full of fruit that are disconnected one from the other, they're not even touching one another. You might have raisins and figs in this container. And tumor touches one of these things. So you've got a fig and you've got a raisin. They're both in a kli. The fig and the raisin are not touching each other, but the raisin becomes tome. Then, then everything in the kli becomes tome, although there's not direct connection the, co- the container connects the content. But that's for purposes of Kodesh. If you're using it for purposes of Truma, we don't say that. That, that principle doesn't apply. Where does this come from? The Gemara asked. Where, uh, where does this come from? It comes from... The, the posuk up at the top of the, of the source page, which is a posuk in, you'll remember, we said over and over again on Hanukkah, it's the korbanot of the Nisim. Uh, and it talks about one spoon of a uh, sarazov, of, um, of ten units of gold, filled with ktorit. And why does it have to say one spoon? Why doesn't it just say kaf? Why does it say "achat"? Says Rav the achat. The Torah makes everything that's in the spoon one unit. The Gemara then goes on to say on Daf Chav Gimel on Chavdal Adamud Aleph that midor arises from the Torah law Tzarich likli hakli mitzarfo. If the content needs the container, and we'll see what that means in a moment, then the container connects it. She ain't clean, But if the content doesn't need the container, then they're two different things. There's a spoon and there figs, there's figs, a spoon and raisins. They're, they're not the same thing. No, it's not a unit. But if the raisins need the, the spoon, then the, the, together they become a single unit. Uh, and, and one can understand what that is. If you're uh, baking in the kitchen, you're following a recipe, this is a cup of flour. It doesn't say you need uh, uh, 500,000 particles, grains of flour. It says a cup of flour. So that's a unit. That's one unit. Um, or it could say put in three eggs. Those are three separate eggs. Uh, so there are times when a container creates, it takes a whole lot of different particles and makes them one, one, one unit, at least a unit of measurement. And, and this halakha, as I was learning through this halakha and looking at its, at its meaning, it, it struck me that there's a, 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 it's a subtle but a really interesting insight into how things get unified. And when you understand how things get unified, then the same applies to to people, because there's a machlokus between the two ervin, is the shagas area you will remember, and the merume sadeh, who's the Nitziv. and the machlokus is around. And it's not just here; this we have parallel sugis in menachos and, and elsewhere. Um, the the is around. What does it mean when it says hakli? The uh, The clean, the Sorry, the content needs the container. What is the nature of that need? So the Ture Evan holds, "Hainu What it means is that the kli is mekadesh the content, and we have this often in in Kodshim. That the when food, for example, is put into the kli, and we have it not only with that, we have it with even with with kohanim themselves, but the idea that the container is mekadesh, the 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 container has kedusha, the container was made in kedusha, it was set aside for purposes of kedusha, so the container has sanctity to it. When you put something into the container, it is fed with it's infused with the sanctity of the container. The kli is mekadesh. The content, the kli causes the content to be mekaddish. Says the Shagasariah, that's what Tzarech kli means. Without the kli, it doesn't become kaddish. So its spiritual status is dependent on the kli. It's the same flower, it's the same incense, it's not, there's no difference. You can do a, a biochemical or, or a or a chemical analysis of the content. It'll be the same if it's in the spoon or it's not in the spoon. The difference is kudusha. The, the level of kedusha is affected by the, by the container. That's what Tzarech L'Kli means. The Meru Mesodist is, is not necessarily said, so. Even if it doesn't require the Kli for its Kiddush. The Kli can still be Mitzaref, it can still connect it together because the Kli is holding it together. It's a structure. That is holding the things together and converting it from several units into a single unit. As we said with the, the, the cup of sugar or the cup of flour, it makes it one unit. So from the, from the perspective of the Nitziv, we're looking at, a, at physical structure and what it does to the physical objects. And according to the Shagasari, we're looking at how the physical, because we're also talking about physical structure. That's what's interesting here. In both cases, we're talking about a container. A physical container. The question is, what, is the phys- what role does the physical container play that enables it to connect otherwise disconnected objects? The one is a role, is a physical role. It just holds it together. It's a structure. And according to the Shagasari, it's a spiritual role. It, 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 it gives them kedusha. And as I was reflecting on this, I'm thinking to myself that the same applies in, with, with people, with nations, as we'll see, that the same applies. A group of people can be held together by a container, by a structure. Well, a structure, a whole lot of people are working for one company. What makes them part of the same team? Because they have the same employment contract. They're employed by the same company. That makes them part of the, part of the team. But members of a shul, what makes them there? Members of a shul, they, they pay their membership fees. You can have a physical structure that brings people together and, and unites people. Uh, but there's a, there's a different kind of, of unification that a structure can cause. When the structure is created for a specific purpose... And by being part of the structure, you're becoming part of the purpose. That's a different level of unification altogether. So, again, the one is we're just structurally connected. We have no other connection. We're just structurally connected. And the other is that that you're connected by purpose. Where you see it very clearly, and it helps one to understand politics and history a little bit, if you look at the difference between the United States and the European Union, the difference between the, the two is that the United States are 50 different countries, and anybody who's lived there appreciates that they really are 50 different countries. The cultures are different, the, sometimes the language is different, they're governed independently, and the original intention of the Constitution was that there would be even more independent governance. That's the big difference between the more conservative Republicans and the, and the Democrats, is how influential central government should be. The Republican view is you want to encourage decentralization, you want to encourage cities to govern themselves, counties to govern themselves, states to govern themselves, leaving as little as possible to the central government, just matters of of state and foreign affairs and military and so on. And and the more liberal view is no, we don't really trust the states to govern themselves, governance should be at the center. That's the ideological conflict there. But what's important is what makes people in Alaska and people in Texas part of the same country? What makes them part of the same country is the constitution. They believe in the same values. Now, that's becoming challenged at the moment because the country has become very diverse. But in essence, how do you become an American? You accept the values. And that's what the process is. You've got to study what the values are and you've got to take an oath in front of a a court of law, that you accept the values, that you buy into the values. That makes you an American. And all these different states are joined together by common values, a belief in freedom and democracy and and so on. In the case of the European Union, the countries have no common values. There's nothing common. What's what's holding them together? A cuff, a spoon. They're in, the same, they're in the same structure. It's just a structure that holds them together. And as they take more and more countries in that don't buy into the values, it's not the same value system, then the, it, it makes it harder. And what's going on at the moment, it's so complex and there are millions of levels, but part of it is where does Ukraine belong? Does it belong to a structure called the European Union or does it belong to a cultural group of people that is the, is the Slavic people? Belongs, where does it belong? Who is it? Um, is, is one of the dimensions of understanding it. So when we're binding people together, we use structures. You do bind people together with the structure. The Jewish people are interesting, because what binds us together? There's a structure. There's the, the halachas of what is a Jew and how you're born. It's structural. And yet what also binds us together, our belief in the Reboi Neshel our commitment to our Void of Hashem. And that's one of the big dangers of Chas Vasholom Eretz Yisrael, Israel becoming a secular state. If it becomes a secular state, it's just that it's like the, the uh, Natsivs' kaf. we to hold together because we're in the same country, face the same enemies. It's structural. Uh, if you decide to, to, to go on die, you decide to, to leave Israel, you're no longer part of it. Um, but, but if we see Israel as, well as an ideology that binds everybody, that keeps everybody together, that's like the Shagasariah's kaf. This is a kaf that not only holds us together, but it's mekadesh us. It adds to our kadusha. Person goes into a shul. We're busy transitioning from the concept of garden minion. And by garden minion, I don't mean it's a minion in a garden. I mean it's a nothing. It's a group of people who dive in together because it's convenient. It's a cuff. What holds them together? They're standing in the same space. Whether it's a shul or it's a garden, doesn't matter. Why are you here? Why are you two both saying? Because it's convenient. Because we're here. What holds you together? The minion. That's what holds us together. Or does the shul stand for something? Does minions stand for something? And the reason I'm part of this is because I want to identify with what it stands for. and with the things that I'm keen, we talked about what Ora Anan means, and we'll have a chance to talk about it more, is a, a, an, a group of people that stands for Torah first. Limut Torah first. No matter how much or little I learn, the highest value is Limut Torah. That's what a Jew does. It's not just that I'm part of it because I, the, the time of the davening suits me. I'm part of it, I'm here every morning learning Gomorrah learning together because that's important for me to start my day that way. It's not this group of people, you, are not here because it's convenient. Each one of you are here because you've chosen to start your day with this type of, of Limud Torah. That's the cuff the of the area. Of that yes, we're held together by a structure. We're sitting around a table in a building. That's a structure. But there's a purpose, there's a reason why we're here. We're, we're learning Torah together. That's a completely different le kli, And it's important to know also that when we talk about a Shul or a base Medrash or a Shi'ur, it's le kli. It must never become the Kli's Tzarech content. It must never become the Shul needs members. That's not what it's about. If the Shul needs members, close the Shul. If the Shi'ur needs participants, stop the Shi'ur. If the Yeshiva needs Talmidim, stop the, close the Yeshiva. It's got to be the other way around. I need my shul, I need my shir, I need my besa medrish. That unites people and brings people together in the way that it's not that the, the kli needs the content, it's the content needs the kli.